being a true hero can sometimes require that we stop being the hero. This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Talkless Talks. Growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts, and we are up to the Parsha of Vayeshev and the holiday of Hanukkah. And starting with Hanukkah, certainly the idea of heroism, Yehuda Maccabee, the other Maccabee brothers, the Hashmanaim, who fight against the Greeks. We're dealing with a small group of untrained Jewish soldiers. I mean, they're being led by the Kohanim, who are involved generally in holy pursuits and not involved in the military. And they're fighting against Greek, the army of armies. They're right now controlling most of the world. Huge numbers of soldiers, and they are equipped with elephants. That's the modern-day tank against an unprotected foot soldier. And we go to battle, and we fight back the Greeks, and the myth that we were doing this simply to show our macho attitude and push the Greeks out of our land is exactly that. It's just a myth. We didn't push the Greeks totally out of Israel, and we would not have fought them even though it feels very uncomfortable having somebody else take control of your territory and rid you of your sovereignty, we would not have fought them if not for the bans that they made against living as Jews. And even then, if we could have managed to remain isolated, move out of our cities into the caves and live as Jews, it seems the Yehuda would not have gone to battle until it got to the point that the Greeks were demanding an altering of Jewish life and an impossibility of continuing to live a Jewish life in the land of Israel. And we pushed them out of the central territory so that we once again had access to Yerushalayim, to the temple, could restore the temple practice, could restore the Mizbeach, the altar, and of course could start lighting the menorah again on a nightly basis with the initial lighting having the miraculous boost that it stayed for that entire eight days. Now, a few notes here about heroism. We see contrary themes over here. One is that when the need arose, we're ready to do battle. We're ready to take great risk to see to it that we can live on as Jews. Not just live on, but that we can live on as Jews. And therefore, if we're capable of living as Jews, even in a very uncomfortable, a very uh, you know, antithetical to having any sense of real pride of control of our own territory, as we noted, they were ready to simply let it be. Let the Greeks perceive themselves as being in charge and let them practically be in charge as long as it's not threatening our ability to live toward Judaism. So on both sides of the equation, the need to take the heroic step of letting somebody else be in the driver's seat, even if he's driving in a manner that I'm not so comfortable with as long as I'm still able to survive and thrive, and yet the need to take over and oust him from the driver's seat if what he's doing is threatening my spiritual survival, if he's being reckless with the, the capacity for there to be a spiritual future. That idea, we pull back to Araparsha, we find a very interesting contrast between two entities, two people, two beings, I would say, that make very brief um, appearances in last week's Parsha and this week's Parsha, who are described the same way, yet are almost contrary beings. Last week we had the battle between Jacob, Yaakov, and the Ish, this very cryptic man who turns out to be the spiritual representation of Esav, 
and they do battle. That's noted in, in many different commentaries how this represents the evil inclination and represents the Satan who's out to try to eliminate the future of Yaakov and Torah study in this world. And that's the Ish of last week's portion. Thankfully, of course, Yaakov prevails. In this week's portion, Yosef, Joseph is looking for his brothers and he encounters an Ish, that same term, who is also understood by the sages to be an angel, but not an angel representing the forces of evil. Rather, Rashi tells us this Ish was the angel Gavriel, an angel of God who was coming and helping Yosef find his way to find his brethren. Some of the commentaries are baffled. How is it that one time the Ish refers to this negative force, and one time this word Ish refers to the positive force. Again, the word ish simply translates as man, so even if it's man in quotes, or man representing a being that comes in the image of a man, but why is it that it's such, such contrary definitions as to who is this ish? I came across a, in, the work, in the work Otsur Satora, I'm forgetting actually to whom this line was attributed, but that they explain using the following story that took place. Somebody was traveling, a, a, a righteous, knowledgeable Jew was traveling and trying to find the synagogue in the little town to which he had arrived. And he sees a gentleman walking very hardly in the morning, and he tries getting attention. Excuse me, sir, excuse me. And then he says, ah, don't bother me, I'm the, I'm the way to services, I'm heading to shul. Well, okay, <laughs> if I just follow this man, I'll know how to get to shul. He follows this gentleman, gets to shul, and after services... He comes over to the gentleman, and by this time, the man who had been the rush to shul realizes that this guest is somebody of note. He, he was a, a sage, a scholar of note, a righteous individual. People are giving him a lot of respect. And he greets him, and the sage says to this man who had earlier on just brushed him off with, don't bother me, I'm the waiter's services. He comments that this dilemma, we have the word ish in these two parshas, and one is referring to the forces of evil, and one this angel Gavriel. How does the sages see the difference between them? And he notes, look at the contrast. The angel Gavriel, in this parsha, Joseph is trying to find his brothers, and Gavriel is helping him find the brothers. That's somebody that when you say, hey, I'm a guest in town, and could you help me out? That he's quick to offer, what can I do? Where can I help you get? He'll give you some directions, if you remember the world before uh, GPS and Waze. But the ish of last week's portion. Jacob is trying to get a blessing from him at the end of that battle. And he says, I have no time to give blessings. I need to get up to God and, and say my prayers to God, my, 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 well, my shira, sing my songs of praise to God. And again, not absolutely clear in the text, but I suggest looking at Rashi and various commentaries on last week's portion and this week's portion. And we see this contrast. The angel of, quote-unquote, evil, even when he's involved in doing good, He's supposed to be up there singing his praise to God. He does so in a greedy manner. I, I, I can't pay attention to you because I need to do my good. I need to be the hero. I need to be up there singing to God and, and getting points, brownie points, in terms of my spiritual involvements. And therefore, I can't be here giving you some of my time and my attention in the form of the blessing. But Gabriel, oh, you need directions? Let me help you out. And this notion that we have the risk sometimes that when we're doing something which feels very good and is very good and even heroic, 
there may be another element that we're overlooking that is the real heroic element of the moment. So that if we can't stop, we're, we're literally in the rush to go do some spiritual act. I'm running to the synagogue to pray. Uh, I, I'm involved in a spiritual pursuit. But that he has us lose sight of the needs of the other, then we may be missing out the true heroic act of the moment for the quote-unquote position to play the role of the hero in my mind's eye that's what I need to be doing that's the heroic step and I'm forgetting that there's another and potentially more important even if less noteworthy less dramatic less vivid act of heroism it's a tough balance because there are times that due to our involvement in a certain spiritual pursuit it is wrong for us to deviate an iota but we've got to make the calculation We can't just be dismissive of the other and say, oh, I'm too busy involved in some type of a spiritual performance, some type of act of heroism. Even heroism has to be measured. We have to be able to balance out the various different variables and determining what is the right step at each moment. Parallel to this issue of, I'm too busy, you know, I've decided I've got a spiritual pursuit, and it is a spiritual pursuit of getting to the synagogue and I have no time for you. Fascinating story. Three yeshiva students were traveling, this is a few years back, and uh, they were heading to a friend's wedding, and they realized based on the timing and traffic and other variables that they had the following two options. They could pull off at an exit and get to where there was a shul, a synagogue, that was having the mincha service, the afternoon service, and get there and pray with a minion. Or they would get to the wedding too late to be able to pray with a minion. They could still do the prayers, but it would be on their own. And they were debating internally within their car, what's the right thing to do? We've got to make a fairly quick decision. And they agreed, we'll pick one of the Rosh Hashivas, one Torah sage that will be the defining. We'll all agree, whatever he tells us is the right thing to do, we'll go with that. They reached out to Rabbi Chaim Epstein, who told them, based on the circumstances, your friend really doesn't have a lot of other guys his age to bring joy to him at the wedding. You should be there. Get there, slip out quickly and pray on your own, and then join your friend in celebrating. So one of the boys grabbed the phone, and he said, Rebbe, I am 21 years old, and I have not missed davening with a minion since my bar mitzvah. Eight years! What an incredible record! Shachras, Menachemar, of Shabbos, weekdays, he had not missed once. Rebbe, is, for this, should I interrupt my track record? To which Rechaim Epstein responded, Judaism is not a track record religion. As others put it, when COVID started and there was this big debate, do I forfeit a minion and daven on my own? Or with all the other factors that interrupt all of the classic goings-on of Jewish life, there is no gold medal for this uh, Jewish you know, um, award for most minions served. We should be praying. We should be praying with a minion. There's a lot of mitzvahs that we should be doing, but we need to know the full picture, the full balance. And Rabbi Epstein was telling the student, in that circumstance, and I'm sure it was a hard thing for him to swallow, but, then, but that's the right thing to do in that moment. In that moment, the real heroism as being there for my friend. And by the way, he didn't mean don't pray. He meant forfeit the 
plus of praying with a minion, and I'm saying this, obviously, you can be taken out of context, out of hand. It's a huge boost to our prayer, to pray as part of a community. There are many sub-aspects of prayer that we forfeit when we're not with community, but there can be overriding factors, and Judaism demands being attentive to all the variables, all the factors, and the equation of what is the heroism of the moment. It's not living on with a title of hero, that, look what I did, here's my track record. It's was I right in the moment. So looking back at Yehuda Maccabee, the right in one moment was, let the Greeks think they're running the show. We'll be hiding off in the sides and living our Judaism, and we won't make headlines. The right in a separate moment was taking great risk to preserve Jewish living in Israel. In our Parsha, and last week's Parsha, we've got this Ish and that Ish, this angel and that angel, the one who can stop and say, hey, you need guidance? I'll give you that guidance. That's the Gavriel. The one who says, I need to run up and sing my prayers to God. I want to be seen as part of that choir. I've got that role to play up in there in heavens. I have no time to give you a blessing. That's the angel of Esav. The star of Esav, the angel representing the evil forces in the world. And as we get into our own lives, and we have situations where we have the things for which we are most known, and the elements which are most vivid, and many of them are very positive and even heroic. But we need to constantly be measuring what is the real determination of the heroism in the moment, rather than the big, big uh, spotlights or the or the record-breaking uh, elements of heroism. What is the midst of the moment? Accomplishing that makes us the true hero. Wishing everybody a healthy upcoming Hanukkah and a happy upcoming Hanukkah and a bright, light-filled Hanukkah where we use the wisdom that we gain to be able to determine how to do what's right, when it's right, because it's right, and in so doing, we'll become the type of people who are far more likely to achieve our tachlis.